0: let uh-huh. Hello and welcome to Crystal Myth Podcast from me, Leslie. I'm back all the way from, I went to Athens, I went to the mythical homeland where Zeus and, well, Athena lives. I brought back a little figurine of uh, Athena, who's obviously what she is, what Athens is named named for. She wears a big fancy hat with (laughs) (laughs) feathers and she holds a staff and she holds um, a big shield as well. That's her look. Was it a spear maybe? I don't know. I like her, I mean, better next to all other gods. Go went just to the cool. Acropolis, yeah, it was great. So, this week, I mean, what's that going to do with what we're talking about this week? Also,
1: I mean, we are up... apology podcast, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true.
0: Okay, you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was great to actually visit the places where we like, spoke about, but they are mostly just very, very badly. Well, they're just ruins, and most of it's covered in scaffolding, which I found disappointing. Like the Temple of Zeus, like I've got like one of the tall, some of the tallest columns I've ever found, and uh, there's only fifteen of them left, or was like two hundred of them or something, and they're covered in scaffolding. There's like one that's not. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the Acropolis as well, pretty much just covered in scaffolding. So yeah, it's a disappointment. Is that like a
1: short-term strengthening them thing or is that just a forever thing now?
0: Hopefully not forever thing. I think maybe they're just trying to restore them or keep them Mm. repaired. I don't know. Maybe the British stole most of the good shit off the Acropolis. It's in the British Museum, so it's just (laughs) typical.
1: We do like stealing things.
0: Yeah. um, I never got to go to the Archaeological Museum of Greece because it was just too far away and I couldn't be bothered walking there. Um, but maybe next time but I did see quite a lot of stuff cool shit and I took lots of pictures so I'll share them and this week we're talking about cryptids aren't we again
1: we are yay Our more cryptids topic. indeed I do love talking why about we cryptids
0: why so un- enthusiastic today I don't know why <laughs> What's wrong with
1: it? I feel like yeah. my you've got a bit of a like cough going on and I've oh. got I've not got a very odd sentence I've not got a sore throat but I've got like that like heaviness in my throat
0: what we like the Scottish unhealthy people in and very
1: crawling around in the dark.
0: I go on so, holiday and I come back with a bloody cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, at uh, least I've got my ear, that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't even that. It was like, it was funny seeing all the Athenians going about with like big fur coats on and fucking winter wear and gloves and hats. And I'm like, this is like summer over here to me. What are they doing? <laughs> David's like, well, I look odd because I'm a guy walking around with just a t-shirt and uh, jeans and all the rest, and we're all w- like wrapped up as if it's like snowing, But <laughs> it was quite sunny and blue sky. I don't get it, but yeah, I guess if you're used to living in a really hot climate, then the winter must be really cold. But only like the week before we went to Athens, apparently it was snowing there, so yep. it's weird. Anyway, cryptids. So what have you got for us uh, this week?
1: Uh, I went very not me with my cryptid this week because i feel like i only ever do cryptids that i might want to fuck or cryptids that i definitely want to keep as a pet myself and the myth Child were watching a program about the world's most dangerous spiders the other day that he wanted to watch and i just decided to do giant what like gargantuan spiders basically so like whether or not gargantuan spiders are real it's
0: like there's thing about there's shelob in the lord of the rings is like a massive spider and then there's i don't know any ancient myths though about spiders being oh well yeah arachne the story of arachne she she liked to weave i don't know what she did to piss off one of the gods but they turned her into a spider or was that a pity or something and then she to still weave her tapestries that's terrible i should so know the, the, the other
1: yeah i feel like most of the most of the mythological spiders that i was coming across and like they were just sort of cropping up when i was researching it were either like yeah people who were turned into normal size spiders or like anansi who's the
0: oh i love him
1: yeah but he's I like
0: love
1: him. i think you can change like size and shape and stuff but you normally appears yeah. as a spider-sized spider yeah
0: and I then kind him. of like yeah.
1: half spider beings but i just focused on just big massive fuck off spiders
0: See, I think um, spiders get a, a bad rep. I actually think spiders are heroes of the insect kingdom, or they, are well, not really insects or arachnids, but they. If we didn't have spiders, we would be absolutely overrun with and other insects. Like we would be fucking played with them. Spiders oh, shit, are your friend. People. Like every home should have a spider because they clean up for you. They're like the insects of the house. Like, like I'm having not a cat here. to get rid of mice. Spiders. Oh, okay, I thought you At didn't all. leave
1: them. No, I'm just. You, I you feel just like is not like i always look at things that are very i feel like whenever i look at a cryptid i always look at cryptids that are very like either traditionally mm. cute or non-traditionally sexy okay
0: yeah and i like
1: spiders but i don't think they're cute or sexy but i do I mean, like some
0: them. spiders that i'm not fond of like those wee spindly things the daddy spiders i don't like them but i do like tarantulas like the one because they're like really furry and they've got they, just have you ever had a tarantula crawl on your hand I don't think I have. Uh, I had one, and I do like tarantulas. Like I like
1: bird eating spiders as well, but I, no, I don't think I've ever <laughs> held one.
0: They feel like little paws. Like they're so cute. Like they're really gentle, and they're not creepy at all. Like they're just slow, and their their legs feel like little paws. So yeah, I like them. I like them. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't want to be bitten by one. <laughs>
1: They we well, must we just weigh very little as, well, as like... well, because when I was looking at like the kind of oh, spiders yeah, do. but when they were talking about like the size of them and the size of them mm-hmm. would be massive, but then when the weight of them was coming up and like descriptions I was looking at, I was like, it's actually a tiny weight. So really mm-hmm. if gargantuan spiders did exist, they would be less terrifying than people seem to think that they would be because actually like they're they not gonna be able to and overpower they're... you or I.
0: Well, maybe that would be the scary thing because they're silent because of their their pads it's on true. their feet
1: they would be and, yeah.
0: but they would also be incredibly powerful with because their silk is actually stronger than steel
1: yeah that was why actually that was one of the spiders that was in the thing that like kids program that we we're watching that i thought was really interesting mm-hmm. i think the, it's not the funnel web is it like the orb web that's silk Rather. is in, insanely strong and they're obviously the size of like your finger so i imagine there was one that was the size of a person <laughs> <laughs> and then I suppose as well you do get venomous spiders and the spider that was the size of like a Labrador yeah. It's going to be pretty venomous.
0: So yeah, I'm thinking of the maybe arachnophobia where it was in I think it was an African bird spider. Oh, and Julian Sands was in that I think. Yeah, he disappeared. That's a myth. We're, what the fuck happened to him? He went walking in the California well. hills and nobody found him. There was a no. storm and he was out. Walk- His walking companion was found, but then you know, they still haven't. In fact, th- that story hasn't even. Like they not stop talking about it. Like, where is he? It's been three, four weeks now and he's still not been found. He's probably dead. I don't think he's alive.
1: The, the guy from Arachnophobia.
0: Yeah, you know how the beginning of arachnophobia and he's like got long blonde hair. Yeah. And he's the spider guy <laughs> and he goes in the coffin or something. Remember that guy? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember his exact character, but yeah. I him. used to watch Did arachnophobia all
1: the time when I was like a yeah, favorite
0: film and I'd be like, Moan the spiders <laughs> <laughs> I got really upset when um, Dan Dan Aykroyd, not Dan Aykroyd, sorry, what the fuck is his name? I'm thinking Dan from Roseanne, but that's not his actual name. Well, Dan uh, from Roseanne. Oh, What is his name? John. John Goodman. Goodman. He was the, the exterminator and he stood on the spider and then he lifted his foot up and it was all like gooey. And I was just like, you bastard. <laughs> Remember the bit where the spider comes out the couple's nose after they had been eating popcorn?
1: Yeah.
0: That <laughs> was Rosefeet. My sister's absolutely terrified of spiders. I'm really enjoying that now
1: in my head I'm playing scenes from Arachnophobia but while also going like because she said Roseanne. That film should be the Roseanne I
0: don't know what it is about Dan from Roseanne but there's something kind of sexy about him. I don't know why. But yeah, maybe it's his working
1: soft and strong.
0: Yeah, maybe. But like, I watched The Corners and it's just, I don't know. It's not the same as it <laughs> without Roseanne
1: I've not watched it like I know Roseanne isn't in it anymore but no they killed before... her off she
0: had an overdose on uh, yeah. opiates that's how they killed before her before she got well,
1: cancer I was already not interested in watching her because already thought she was shite so
0: uh, okay I like Jackie anyway Jackie's like one of my favorite characters in the show the sister I like... <laughs> she's <mental. laughs>
1: the actress that plays in jackie mor- as well and like everything she's
0: in yeah she's great she was in scream wasn't she we're to- going totally off topic here right anyhow spiders so there's charlotte who from charlotte's web who, she's a nice spider i'm trying to think of any other nice spiders but apparently most spiders are, predi- are portrayed as bad like in harry potter the spiders are bad as well aren't they you live in the forest I
1: mean, the spiders that i looked at because again i'm looking for i was looking for uh-huh. like ones that could actually be real so they're kind of portrayed as bad, but only because they're doing things that a big spider would do. So nature? I found, I'm not going to look at every single one of these stories because then we would be here forever. But I well, found stories from like all over the world. So there's the Jiba Fofi, which <laughs> is some of the like oldest written records about gigantic spiders uh, come from the Congo. They, so Jibia Fofi is the like Congolese word for giant spider. They've got a mm. leg span of over, or they're reported to have a leg span of over five feet. Wow. And then I looked at some stories from Papua New Guinea as well. So they've got a story of spiders with leg spans of over three feet from the Koda uh, region of Papua New Guinea.
0: I could believe that. Three
1: yeah, I think all these places, it's like, well, Five so... feet,
0: in, I don't know, but three feet, yeah.
1: Like one of the earliest cryptid episodes we did was when I talked about Akapi and how it turned out to be real, and it was from Congo. Yep. Because the forests are so thick there, that it's actually difficult to really see or get any information on what's in them. Uh, There's reports from Venezuela of spiders that grow to have leg spans larger than a fully grown man. Colombia, there's reports of spiders that are so large that they can um, devour a horse. I feel like I put these in the wrong order because I then got, in Vietnam, they have reports of spiders that have leg like spans of over 30 inches. That's not It's like mind blown after the other ones. Some reports are from like North America and the UK, which I haven't really gone into in any detail because I didn't actually believe any of them. But there are some of uh, spiders with leg like spans over six feet here. No, no way. And in like North America, but yeah, none of them were. All the stories that I found of that were just like Margaret was returning home from visiting her sister when, and then the story basically was just when she saw a spider at the corner of the street with a leg span of over six feet. Like, oh, that rhymes. (laughs) 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 It was just doctors, this madness. Yeah. Um, Similarly, there was like one that I read that was an American case, and it was like I think it was in Pennsylvania, and it was a family, and they were traveling home, and it was late at night, and Stopped because they thought they saw an injured dog in the road, and the dad got out, and then he was like, But it was <laughs> a spider bigger than a bathtub. Be... But again, that was in the end of the entire dog. story.
0: Because I've seen costumes for dogs where they put extra legs on. I we got the costume,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: it might be one of them. They were just too dumb to realise. So,
1: like, one I'm thing that I thought was interesting before I go into my kind of little um, okay. cases that I thought were somewhat believable. So Most zoologists say that they disagree and that even though these are regions where we're not sure what the wildlife is because the forest is so dense, again, not counting the UK and the North America ones, so they've said that no, they don't find it realistic, and that the reason they don't find it realistic is because... It would need to be a really oxygen-rich atmosphere for spiders to grow to that size. And because of, like, basically the way we've fucked up the planet, we don't have that anymore.
0: Things were a lot bigger back when the Earth was more oxygen-rich. That's why you had giant sloths, giant bears, giant fucking everything, basically. Giant woodlice, which terrify the fuck out of me, thinking of giant woodlice cutting about.
1: Mm. At the same time, it's like we're talking about the Congo, the papua new guinea like the rainforest there Forest, venezuela yeah. Colombia. so i'm like well they all are the most oxygen rich areas of the planet yeah, and also you do get other giant arachnids and crustaceans that could well, the, that do have leg spans of like between three and four feet
0: they always say a leg span the size of dinner or a spider size of dinner plate so it's like well how big is a dinner plate but yeah. the part the largest spider in the world is the huntsman spider that lives in australia you've seen them yes not in real life probably they're but scary they, yeah they are scary
1: i, I mean like, again, i actually like spiders but those ones do scare me
0: yeah they are they're quite terrifying
1: <laughs> not because they're <laughs> so big just yeah because they're like scary looking they're,
0: they're fast as well mm.
1: but you've got those like japanese sea spiders that aren't actually spiders again they're like a type of crustaceans that they can grow up to four fucking... feet. And then you've got like coconut crabs. Their leg spans are normally about three and a half feet. Robber
0: crabs, so... as they're also known. They'll steal anything.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you leave your shoes outside, they'll fucking steal them. <laughs> they'll take anything that move, that isn't nailed down. I don't know so, what else um, about them. It's
1: cute. <laughs> prior to even going through these with you, I just want to be clear that I, I believe that these do exist and that they're not really cryptids as such. Think... They're just creatures that we don't have any examples of. Okay. So the ones that I looked at in the most detail were Papua New Guinea, Venezuela, and the Congo. So we're going to look at the Congo ones first. So people who live in the Congo, like basically everyone who lives around about the thick rainforest in the Congo, who would have been the same people that talk about Okape. They also talk about these um I've forgotten the name already, Jiba Fofi, which is giant spiders. They say that they are brown with a purplish ab- abdomen nice. and that they normally live in the very deep thick parts of the forest so they're rarely seen they said they used to be seen more commonly if you worked near the forest but uh, people in the tribal areas around there now say that they're now very very rare and um, but obviously the, th- the forest size is shrinking so their habitats getting mm. smaller therefore there's going to be less of them that's a shame a scottish naturalist called william j gibbons I don't know why i find that name funny but I don't, you're gonna to to find it funnier it. i think because uh he's also alive now because when i started I reading I, about him i was like
0: i thought maybe thinking was, it was going to be like in
1: 1876 but yeah. it was like in the 90s uh <laughs> set up an expedition to go and find a live specimen wow. because he believed that basically he believed the stories of the local tribes people because it's not like no, i thought I it was really interesting when i was reading his stuff because he was saying that it's not like there were like people know the myth of the the lady who upset the gods and was turned into a spider or like people know mm. that if you like don't do this ritual then these spiders will show up he was like none of the writings or the discussions are like that it's just basically like yeah there's there's spiders that have a five foot leg span anyway moving on um so that was why I decided to go and look for it because it's not really they don't present it as part of their mythology okay. it's just like the mm-hmm. same way they would talk about other animals that live in that area. Yeah. Uh, so he went there to look for their nests. The locals described them as round structures made of leaves patched together by webbing. So it's not that they actually make That's webs odd. like spiders normally would. It's like they use the webbing's like kind of a, almost like when Spider-Man webs people's <laughs> like wrists to walls. It's like that kind of like thick, Kanky- gunky webbing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spider Man's tied up, mary jane with his spider jizz.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, that is exactly what it is.
0: Okay, yeah, I get you. It's like construction, so, it's, yeah, okay. sorry, so I get you. Sorry, no, go. No. no? Yes, I demand
1: what? it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <I'm confused. laughs> uh, one of the tribes that are native to the Congo, the Baka, Mm-hmm. There's people there that have reported throughout the generations, the existence of these giant spiders. When Gibbons was visiting the area, he went to visit them and discussed it with them. And again, they were very, he said that what he found was interesting was there was no idea of like it being part of mythology. When he started asking about it, he said, like, sometimes you go to areas where there are cryptids and you'll ask people about them. And again, they'll be like, yeah, if you don't, like, sweep your floors at night, this will happen and you have to, like, leave this out for them and special offerings and stuff. And he said when he started asking them about, like, what it was like to live in an area where they had Jeeba Fofi, people just started talking very matter-of-factly about it. Like, they stick to the very deep parts of the rainforest, therefore you hardly ever see them. You do occasionally see them out. Um, They eat birds and small mammals, but because of the way that their nests and webbing are built, you don't normally see birds or small mammals caught in their webbing. But sometimes if you're out near the forest edges, especially at night, you might see one devouring a bird or a small mammal. Uh, They said that there are people who've led expeditions into, or not really expeditions, they've basically just been in there hunting or collecting. Uh But you'll know when you're near one of their nests and you have to be careful because You don't want to disturb their nest if it has eggs in it because although they don't eat people, they will react viciously towards that. They said if you see these like clumps of webbing and leaves, sometimes they'll have lumps on them about the size of peanuts.
0: What's that? Their eggs?
1: They're yellowish in colour and that's their eggs. Their eggs are a lot smaller than you would think with their leg span. When the eggs hatch, if people have seen eggs that have hatched, when the little like baby spiders effectively come out, they're sort of small and yellowish in colour. They start to get browner as they get larger, but they are oh. like, still tiny when they're born.
0: Why has no one found Has he found it? Did he find it?
1: No, he was able to find ah. what looks like the kind of webbing and leaf matted together stuff that they were talking about. But he was never able to find any of the eggs, nor was he ever able to find any of these giant spiders themselves there are other stories there was uh, missionaries that were i there. hope they get eaten
0: by spiders fuck them
1: <laughs> yeah they reportedly fled so they were there trying to convert the baka mm. tribe to christ uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know why i find that such a difficult sentence I to say. <laughs> and i it's because it was their words that i wrote down and i'm like that's not the way i would have said that um, they were trying to they were out there brainwashing Pretty much. They said that they stopped their work with the backup because they presented it as though it was some sort of mythological beast. There were like there was these gigantic spiders and they attacked the missionaries. They were like basically the Good. the local people that had been led into darkness by the spiders. The local people obviously their view of that was different. They were like, no, no the they're, they're spiders didn't spiders. attack them. There's just some big spiders that shot themselves and ran off. There was also a family, the Lloyds, who in the late nineteenth thirties were living in the Congo although they weren't Congonese natives they were originally from England they eventually returned home and said that one of the issues they had there was that the area that they were trying to sort of develop there was quite a lot of spiders now they said that there were spiders with around about a three foot leg span but they were like Mm -hmm. basically they had constant issues with The area that they were in being a kind of hotbed for these spiders with three foot leg spans. Therefore, but again, they didn't really say that the spiders actually did anything. They just basically implied that because they were big spiders, that was terrifying. Therefore, they weren't going to build there anymore. But I don't think the spiders actually tried to fuck them up in any way.
0: Yeah, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to have any pets or small animals around them. They're just gonna eat them, aren't they?
1: No, I suppose like if they eat large birds and like small Hmm. monkeys and stuff like that, like yeah, they'll eat your cat. Definitely. Well, I don't know. That's the Tonganese one which mm-hmm. I find quite convincing. And I like uh, that
0: they're... Allu- uh, sad that, no, but in a way, I don't want them to be found because then I feel like that will be their demise. But then it's like Schrodinger's cat. Are they there? Or are they alive? Are they dead? We just don't know. Could be, could be not at the same time.
1: I feel like, though, you're right. Like, if we actually mm. discover them, people will kill them. Because especially there yeah, there's like- very few of them left. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I like the idea that shame. they
1: attack if you, like, Annoy their nest because that's not really a normal insect thing. Maybe they're like smarter because they're larger.
0: That yeah, could be. Because insects yeah.
1: don't normally care if you like a pretty. I think most insects wouldn't.
0: Well, wasps and bees do care if you try and attack their really?
1: nest. Actually, that's fair.
0: and Termites and those kinds of things. I'm cockroaches not sure as well actually
1: defend their young, don't they? So I'm talking uh, I
0: have no idea if cockroaches defend their young. <laughs> I, <can't
1: laughs> I thought you were a cockroach expert.
0: No maybe cocks but not roaches <laughs> all right so what's your next spider
1: uh so the ones in papua new guinea so they're the i mean uh-huh. they're just again called gargantuan spiders or giant spiders they're from the cocoda Ko- area of papua new guinea
0: uh-huh. i'd love to visit papua new guinea but at the same time i kind of wouldn't in case i come across that i don't know i'm not saying that like the tribes are hostile but they should be hostile because you don't want, like, the Sengalini, people, you don't want them getting disease and stuff or being corrupted by, Yeah. I you know. I'd love to visit. And I'm sure we've got a listener in Papua New Guinea, unless they're using a VPN. I'm sure I've seen someone listening from Papua New Guinea. So, hi-ya.
1: hi Hi! <laughs> if you've ever seen a gigantic spider, please contact us to yeah, let us know. Yeah,
0: please let us know. <laughs> okay, right. So what have they got? As um, I imagine, it would be really colourful, the spider. And papi and guinea but maybe not there's lots of interesting shit over there in terms of animals
1: uh they're kind of like described as being sort of blackish green and not looking furry. so like not blackish um, yeah blackish green is probably good to describe it like really dark almost black but with like a green tinge so you know you get those spiders that look like or like some insects that look like they're almost made out of i don't know like high like overly glossed kind of
0: yeah, like iridescent, yeah. shiny, yes, thank metallic you. colors. I love like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly mm-hmm. like that. So that's kind of the way they're described. Kind so. of like
0: the colors that you see in an oil spill or something like that, you know, in a puddle.
1: So they are the ones that are what they've got. Uh, Reports of growing to have leg spans of up to three feet. And yeah, they're not like the Congolese ones. They've not got this kind of like hairy body. They're very, as you say, kind of like metallic looking. That's, almost flat, but if the light hits them right, they've got like a green tinge to them.
0: All right, okay.
1: So there was quite a few stories that I found that were quite short. The two that I found that were longer that I've gone with are, so there was one from an Australian soldier who was posted in Papua New Guinea during World War II. Uh, he mm. claimed, uh, I've just taken quite a lot of this as quote because I quite <laughs> enjoyed right. the way he's talking. So he said, I had gone to engage in the call of nature, and while doing so, I think he was having a piss, and while (laughs) doing so, I noticed a very large cobweb.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) The cobweb
1: was fine and cottony. I noticed that it wasn't just in front of me, but was spread across multiple tree trunks, covering Mm -hmm. quite a distance. I was very interested in this web. The web was between 10 and 15 feet in length. I then came to realise that the spider that had it built itself that had it built itself this way actually very close by. It oh, was shit. in fact hanging around a foot from my face.
0: That would put you off your flow, wouldn't it? It I would. Don't know. <laughs> your, your piss would go back into your urethra.
1: <laughs> Not just your piss and through like your deck would climb inside <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> right, good day. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> and just fold up into a little ball and cease to yeah. exist
0: you just roll away
1: (laughs) i feel like that's more terrifying as well like the idea of it kind of crawling out of the brush or crossing the road and the, the north american one is less terrifying than i think like that sort of idea it just paints a really good picture that you're, it
0: does, you're, you're looking
1: you're... into the web and then you're like oh fuck it's right in front of my face yeah
0: it's like it kind of gets worse the, lo- the longer you look at it the worse it gets because at first you're just like you've got your knob out taking the piss and then you casually look up you see bits of cobwebs but then it gets bigger and then you turn around and there's a fucking spider there right yeah that is horrible
1: and I like, like, the other ones, the ones in the Congo, like, build that weird packed nest, whereas it's just hanging from the trees mm. off of a web, like, directly in front of your face. Like, that's creepy.
0: Mm. Yeah. Imagine I'm if it would
1: really, be quite beautiful to see, but Peter only if Parker. you were going to see it. Like, I think it just being there all of a sudden, you would shit yourself.
0: Do you think Peter Parker would behave like that? <laughs> You're just taking a piss and he's just casually coming down. Hanging from his web. Hello.
1: Making intense eye contact with you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> so what what did it do? Did it just, was he fine? Or is there any more to that?
1: Uh so he said I jumped. It was around the size of a small dog.
0: Oh my god. It was
1: almost completely jet black. And wow. this is the thing that I thought was interesting when compared to the other spiders that he said, um, it looked like it had quite a lot of weight to it because it actually had, although it was clearly a spider, it had a very bulky body and very thick Mm. legs the legs weren't actually that long although altogether i'd say it had about a three foot body span including the legs and then basically just like zipped up and ran away
0: (laughs) yeah i felt like you could just quickly take a picture of it with smartphone because this is world war ii Mm.
1: and i suppose what would you do like if there was an insect you'd never seen before, you might be like, oh, I'd catch it in a matchbox to show it to people. But are you just going to, like, stick that under your arm and be like, <laughs> it's <not> a spider?
0: <laughs> no, because you don't know whether it would bite you. It more likely will. It's yeah. probably got thick, thick and huge jaws. A lot of these spiders as well have spines in their fur that irritate your skin. Yeah. have po- I'm like tarantulas some bird-eating tarantulas have that and there's a blue one that does that it's always kind of freaked me out that it can throw its hairs at your arms and stuff and s- it sticks on you
1: it probably wouldn't be overly interested in him either unless he actually approached it because it probably no, came down because his piss would have made the web <laughs> vibrate That's probably, and then when it came down yeah. it would notice how big he was because they tend to only attack things that are at, yeah, even it's if disturbing. it's only like slightly smaller than them so
0: it feels a vibration in its web and it's webbing, then it'll think, oh, dinner. And it'll probably came down to have a look and went, fuck this. this we're yeah, listening. like, oh, I
1: don't know what that is, but it's fucking massive.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it probably just would have just went, alright, I'll just watch and see what happens here. <laughs> alright, mate, where are you going? Why are you running off? Just came down to say hello.
1: So the other one, uh-huh. um, which I think is interesting in the details, but I don't like the way it ends, the person in the stories a shithead. Uh... So... Uh, during a phone interview on a radio show called Coast to Coast AM in the US. Oh, that's
0: a famous show, yeah.
1: Oh, I'm like, You're like, that's a famous show. I was like, all right, never heard of you.
0: I've heard of that show. They do a lot of, um, I don't know who the host is, but yeah, Coast to Coast is like a famous paranormal radio phone-in show. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. So there was a caller that called in uh, called Craig, didn't give the second name, and he shared Craig. his grandfather's story that everyone in his family was aware of. So his grandfather had taken a trip to Papua New Guinea, right. and he claimed that while he was there, he'd been trekking through the same area of forest, the, I keep wanting to call it the Kokomo Forest, the Kokoda Forest. So mm-hmm. he was trekking through the Kokoda Forest, and while there, he came across a huge area of webbing. Again, it's very, very similar, so it was a huge area of webbing. The webbing was like looked almost fluffy but it was clearly webs and it was stretched across multiple tree trunks uh he began to break the webbing apart to see what had created it and saw that in the webbing there oh. was uh it gets worse there was a, i don't know why why would anybody's reaction be like oh, i mean I don't know what this is. you know you know
0: it. how you go you walk through your garden and you get that horrible feeling of walking through a cobweb but you can't see yes. it you feel it on your face why would you want to do that like times a <laughs> hundred <Yeah. laughs> oh,
1: no so he said he saw that in uh, near the center of the webbing there was a creature
0: mm-hmm. a
1: shiny spider
0: Sounds like around
1: three foot or just over with leg span it was a, a thick beast and was black green in color which again matches up with all the descriptions. Yeah. Similarly to your question with the last guy who ran off. So the Coast to Coast host asked Craig, oh, what did your grandfather do? And he said he eh, told us that he had no choice but to get out his machete and hack the beast what, to death. What
0: an arsehole. He could have just left it alone.
1: I know. Why did he have no choice but to hack it to death? I don't understand.
0: The, unless the spider was holding him at gunpoint or something. <laughs> I
1: don't know. <laughs> the spider had said some very unsavoury things about his wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, insulted these manhood or something. You'd be like, you're not like that Australian guy with a massive dick. <laughs> You've got a tiny you know? wiener. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Fucking laughs> arsehole, man.
1: <laughs> Again, I believe this one and my reason for believing this one is because the description that the local people have mm-hmm. of the spiders, or at least the local people that people have communicated with, is the same as the descriptions given by these two men but these two men don't haven't really communicated with the locals they had no discussions with yeah. them i mean one of them was there although i feel like he's the nicer of the two guys and you know we get mm-hmm. the military industrial complex and all that a lot of people that are at water forced into it by their government could
0: it be because he's so, australian he's just a big spider so it wasn't true. that big a deal He's just not seen one like that before. So that's why he turned tail and Ran. Because that's what you do when you see a fucking big spider in Australia. Whereas that other guy just... American
1: guy, that's a very American thing to do, isn't it? To be like, oh, something new, shoot it. Yeah.
0: Kill it (laughs) and ask questions later. It could but yeah, neither of them cancer. have had
1: any communication with the locals or obviously have any knowledge of each other. So I think that, again, that, that rings true to me that all three of those groups are telling exactly the same stories about, like, it's the same description, it's the same type of weapon, it's grown yeah. to the same size.
0: I believe that a spider exists, Definitely.
1: I don't like, I mean, I don't like that the guy hacked it to death, but I'm also like, once you hacked it to death, why, in that instance, it would have been less mental to stick it under your arm. Yeah. But like, why, why did you I not bring it- his corpse back with you as evidence? If he's already killed it, you might as well.
0: Because he's not really fought that through, has he? That's not really on his agenda.
1: Yeah, he's a dickhead.
0: Yeah. How do you preserve spiders? You, I suppose you would dry them out. A lot of them dry out, don't they?
1: Yeah, I think but you do. You don't, don't do. want them
0: Just... turning, crumbling into the dust.
1: You dry them out. Can you stuff a spider? Them and pin them while they're... No, you like mount them on a corkboard and pin them while they're drying, and then as long as you <laughs> like. Wow. <laughs> remember that i do have a zool. all <laughs> i know i know i know how to mount a spider don't you worry about
0: that you know how to mount a spider i'm thinking of the
1: there we go it's turned out to be shaggy crypt oh
0: god here we go no i'm I'm thinking of the hunterian museum hey in glasgow you know where near glasgow uni is they've got yeah. they've not got like stuffed spiders and insects loads of butterflies and stuff pinned they in. do it's
1: not the hunterian museum but though it's, it's oh what is the
0: it other... then? The surgical thing, but it's
1: museum. like right you're right it's like right across from the Hunterian museum i can't remember the name of it but you are right it's
0: i just remember they had some weird skeleton of a, a sea creature thing in there it was creepy i can't remember no, what it was you are
1: actually right it is the Hunterian museum ah apologise. you are you're right you're right it is the Hunterian <gasps> museum
0: yeah there's loads of different Hunterian museums there's one that you have to get an appointment in because apparently there's
1: a jar of a giant bobby in it that's the one i was thinking of so yeah Hunterian Museum with the dicks in it.
0: And when I say bobby, I mean an actual penis of a man.
1: And then there's the Zoology Museum, which is across the road from the Hunterian mm. Museum with the dicks in it, which has got... They've the, got like places
0: like, and jars and stuff. It's yes.
1: Mm. And then there's the Hunterian Museum, that's the one you're talking about, yeah. that does have preserved spiders win. and things like that.
0: Yeah, it's mostly animals. It's all animals. It's not like humans, uh, specimens. It's just insects and spiders it and... Is. Skeletons of marine creatures,
1: but no gargantuan That's... spiders as yet.
0: oh I thought there was. I thought they'd, maybe they'd have a tarantula or something. I don't know if there was any tarantulas in Scotland at one point.
1: That is an interesting question.
0: Some pretty big ass spiders. I mean, some spiders escape, don't they, from banana crates and
1: yeah.
0: I don't know. <laughs> These becoming invasive species, or do can you know, just maybe not survive in this climate?
1: I think I don't think they can survive in this climate, and I think there's something about like right. I think spiders like it has to be a certain temperature before they lay their eggs. Right. And I guess if you're from Mm,
0: somewhere with a warmer
1: climate, then it's never going to be warm enough here for you to lay your eggs.
0: Yeah, they wouldn't survive here. I mean you can keep them as pets, but I think you have to keep them in a heated tank or something like that temperature just right for them.
1: Maybe they could lay eggs like up the back of a boiler. There's a wee (laughs) tip for other spider listers. Uh, do you want to hear my third ones then? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I looked at the Venezuelan ones as well, because, again, I found them quite convincing. So all the Venezuelan gargantuan spider spottings are around villages, nope, are from villagers in villages around the Orinoco River. Didn't know that so there are Venezuela. multiple reports of huge spiders in, from villagers and villages all around this area. Uh, Some of the stories state that they have up to seven feet leg, seven foot leg spans. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been claims of these giant spiders grabbing and dragging off in different stories, different things. So there have been reports of them dragging off farmers, chickens, people's dogs, people spotting them pulling monkeys out of trees. People spotting them pulling sloths out of trees. And there's also two separate reports of families in two separate villages that have said that they have lost a child to the gargantuan oh, spiders oh
0: no. once they get a taste for human meat then what's stopping them
1: but they've only done it twice so they must not like it that
0: much. yeah maybe not
1: <laughs> they prefer sloth.
0: sloths are easier to catch than toddlers i'd imagine i don't know if i believe them about taking their toddlers i think that's just their excuse so maybe the toddler got lost and or it died And suspicious circumstances and they just blamed it on the giant spider.
1: Yeah, that's my thoughts too.
0: I'm on the spider side.
1: (laughs) There's several different villages around the Orinoco River where the tribes build their huts to a really specific specification with the roof thatching going all the way down to the ground.
0: Oh, that's not good. Spiders can get up in there.
1: Yeah, so they do this specifically to protect their children from being webbed up by these giant spiders. Webbed (laughs) up? But yeah i don't really get how that works well like surely it's easier for them as you just said to climb on your house if you've got and yeah. all over your entire house
0: and lay eggs in it that's maybe not how it works i don't know it's weird
1: so this one's much more shorter than the other ones because there's not really any like specific stories that i wanted to look at like there's just these stories that are like that this happened they carried off this they carried off that mm-hmm. but what i thought was interesting is these are supposed to be like giant tarantula like spiders and The the largest tarantulas on record have all been caught in villages surrounding the Orinoco River.
0: Oh, well, so there's truth in it.
1: Now, admittedly, the largest one ever caught was the weight of an adult male hamster. Okay,
0: well, then I'm not really, they're exaggerating
1: (laughs) a bit. (laughs) The biggest tarantulas in the world have technically been caught there, so it's not unthinkable that...
0: Well, maybe, segueing into what I'm going to talk about, they're like the Bigfoot or the Sasquatch, where they're quite shy creatures and they're very wary of humans so the instance where that spider came across the Australian pissing he was probably just as scared as the Australian guy was. Probably maybe. even more so Yeah and unfortunately when I got macheted by the American because
1: uh, I mean he was de- he should definitely been more scared than the American. <laughs> yeah
0: definitely. <laughs> definitely
1: The American was fine and that pervy guy was macheted today.
0: Well I came across something on another podcast but, which really interests me because Bigfoot normally bores the shit out of me, but this one I found really compelling. Because it's not about sightings of a Bigfoot, but it's about recordings of like what seems like Bigfoot language. Ooh. Uh, so this took place in 1971, where there was a man called Ron Moorhead of Merced, California. And he heard an account from a friend of his in which he'd been on a hunting trip in the rugged Sierra Nevada mountains of California, and Nevada, during which he and his hunting companions had encountered a huge hairy ape-like beast that had approached him and issued otherworldly screeches and howls, enough to cause one of the hunters to run away in abject terror. So they've got like this little campground somewhere. Now, no one knows exactly where it is because the guy refuses to tell people the exact location of it. Could change now and then but i mean i can maybe understand why because he probably doesn't want all these bigfoot hunters like swarming the place
1: yeah coming out with their machetes and fucking big yeah for reason. <laughs>
0: exactly they just happen to use this as a hunting ground uh or a camp place it's quite quiet and one night they just heard like sounds that just sounded weird and also you could see shadows of what seemed like things moving about it was quite terrifying which that was what made that other guy run away so what they did later is that the unnamed friend convinced moorhead to go back to the site with him to search for any physical evidence left behind so they ventured out into the remote wilderness along with her journalist from sacramento by the name of alan berry he was just going along for an interesting story because he didn't really believe it. He was a bit sceptical about hate, wild and hairy men in the woods. For one of the reasons he tagged along to begin with was to actually call bullshit on the, on the thing. So he was there to say like, this is all a lot shit and I'm here to prove it. So at this early point the story is that Barry was a former officer in the Vietnam War, the sceptic and he also held a master's degree in science so He's a scully in this situation and he was okay. considered by his peers as a no-nonsense investigator reporter and he was obsessed with facts and accuracy. So was not definitely not a believer um, in finding Bigfoot when he went with this guy. They were unsuccessful in finding anything of interest at the high altitude deer hunting camp on their first trip but a follow-up excursion would prove to turn up some bizarre things. Moorhead and Berry came up with the idea to place microphones in the bushes, in the trees, to see what happens. And after several, like a few, few uneventful nights, they did actually manage to make some form of contact with the creatures. What they would catch on tape is some of the clearest, most puzzling audio evidence of Bigfoot ever obtained when one night they began to capture recordings on microphones they'd set up in trees, eventually capturing 90 minutes of what they claim to be Sasquatch that are possibly communicating with language. And that is what is now known as the Sierra Sounds, which consist of a sequence of a mixture of apparent wood knocking and odd vocalisations, including grunts, whoops, howls, whistles and rapid fire utterances that are thought to be perhaps actual Sasquatch speech, and have been nicknamed samurai chatter which i thought was quite funny but when you listen to it you think yeah i suppose because the reason they say that it's samurai chatter is because it sounds vaguely like a like someone taking the piss out trying to be japanese like a non- japanese speaker trying to do an impersonation of a japanese samurai from like
1: movies what you're telling me is that sasquatches might be racist
0: (laughs) well i don't even think they even know what a japanese person is (laughs) (laughs) Unless they've got TVs in the woods, I don't know. They're a big nah, fan of it. I think
1: them. they're out there watching my like old uh, Kung Fu
0: films. Uh, yeah. <laughs> During the weird encounters, Moorhead and Betty claimed that the massive creatures would boldly come rather close to the camp. But, maybe like the spiders, would melt away into the wilderness as soon as anyone tried to leave their tent. So, unfortunately, it meant that they had little visual communication of what they were hearing because they had to just stay Hunched down in her tent listening to the spooky noises, echoing outside, which would have been maybe a bit tense for them. Creatures don't always sound particularly friendly in the recordings. Barry, who had been very sceptical going into this, was astonished and would say of the experience, quote, It was very startling. I didn't know what to think. Viscerally, my knees were shaking. And my insides were turning a bit. I was wondering if what I was hearing was some creature that was stranger than anything we know. The alleged Sasquatch, of which there were clearly more than one, were not shy about freely vocalising, being recorded or even interacting with the men. As there are a good portion of the recordings where humans can be heard trying to mimic the sounds they are hearing, calling out to the mysterious intruders. And actually getting a response and um, instances of possible communication between the two were caught on tape. The next day they would find giant footprints in the snow outside convincing them that they had indeed heard the sounds of a group of Bigfoot.
1: That's exceptionally cool.
0: You can hear these recordings, which I will play them. I'm sure you would be excited to hear them, Mark.
1: I <laughs> am, um, yeah. I want to hear what Bigfoot sound like. I want would to be like able me? to speak Sasquatch.
0: Would you like me to play some of them? Yes, please. Okay. Right, so the first one, there's two parts, they're about four minutes long, so bear with me if it please. Here we go. Can you hear? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a knocking sound. Whoops. <gasps>
1: the. cap cool,
0: Do you hear the the japanese sounding <laughs> yes. oh, oh, oh. The, the guy in the tent is clearly trying to echo back to them what he thinks they're saying so you can tell which is human and which is the ones that are like in the background that are yeah. sort of responding or talking it does sound like they're chatting or responding what do you think of that i've got actual more that are even weirder
1: i thought it was really cool i thought that all the sort of earlier sounds were like really primatey like they did yeah. sound like they were some Whoop! sort of eight or something Mm-hmm. and then i quite liked some of the ones where it sounded like they were making actual sounds like, <laughs> some of them were just very odd one of them sounded like it shouted what the fuck which,
0: like... <laughs> <May have>. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the story uh where were we no oh, i was quoting that guy right um so the alleged sasquatch of which there were clearly more than one <clears throat> were not shy about freely vocalising, being recorded, or even interacting with the men. Um, I think I've read that already, yeah. So the next day they would find giant footprints in the snow outside. All right. First, Berry had been convinced that this had to be a hoax being carried out by Moorhead and his friend, even going as far to rummage through their packs for evidence of trickery. But he found none. And as these encounters continued, he became more convinced that something truly strange was going on. Fred and Betty would make several more trips to the site over the next year, making further recordings for the enigmatic creatures, as well as collecting numerous plaster casts of the enormous footprints that they allegedly left behind. Unfortunately, the strange beasts were supposedly very shy, extremely adept at avoiding camera traps, and so no photographic evidence was produced. But the collection of recordings made by Moorhead and Berry are still considered to be the best alleged audio recordings of bigfoot ever made and are still considered to be the gold standard for such audio evidence
1: i mean they are very clear as well i feel like normally mm. when you have audio evidence and stuff it's very like yeah. it could be anything not that i'm saying it could be anything like <laughs> that is definitely a sasquatch but you know what i mean like it's not yeah a person.
0: so they let um, a u.s navy linguist called r scott nelson who had over 30 years of experience as a linguist and a code breaker speaker of four languages, um, he would extensively make transcripts of the sounds and study them. And he came to the conclusion that the creatures caught on tape were utilising an actual unknown language with its own grammar and syntax. Else would go on to craft a whole theory on the workings of the potential Sasquatch language as well as the phonetic alphabet for it. I think that's taking it too far. I don't think he can claim he understands it. He said, said, Sasquatch language is spoken approximately twice as fast as any known language in most analysed recordings. Therefore, it must be slowed down to be transcribed accurately. Because of what I did in the Navy, spending years and several thousand hours speeding the human voice up and slowing it down, I could just detect language in those vocalisations.
1: That doesn't make any sense because that's so like people who are linguists that can do that is to do with the roots of language. So I disagree Mm -hmm. with that, man. I believe that it's recordings of a Sasquatch, but I think this guy's talking pish.
0: Yeah, they said that others, others who analysed the tapes, including a year long eva- evaluation by a Dr. Arlen Krillin, not the Krillin from <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> at the University of Wyoming, <clears throat> concluded that the sound seemed to come from something with a larger lung capacity, something that Beyond the vocal range than a human could, with lower frequencies than a human can produce, and it performed verbal acrobatics, thunderous howls, and high pitched squeals and whistles that no human being would possibly be able to orally duplicate. It was also, it was and they also said that it would have came from something that was at least seven foot tall. It, it was sounded also,
1: like it would be like a sound coming off of like a really massive howler monkey.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean. I mean, why would they not have their sort of language if they're Bigfoot things? They're clever enough to avoid people and know when they're being photographed and they're supposed to say they can't communicate with each other.
1: You would assume they can, like chimpanzees can communicate with each other, howler monkeys, orangutans, gorillas.
0: I was listening to an interview earlier today about this fascinating thing about this girl who was brought up by capuchin monkeys or looked after by them from for four years when she was a toddler and um, she lived in the jungle and she just hung about with a group of capuchin monkeys and then <laughs> followed them about learned her language and learned how to know when there was food and things That's like that so cool yeah so obviously they'll, they'll have some sort of language Years ago, it was established that the vocalisations which were recorded were not manufactured by an alternative source, the speakers, amplifiers or man. Most of the vocalisations are outside the human range. In 2008, it was established through a crypto linguistic study that the sounds have a complex language structure and anything with a language must exist. Okay, I believe that they're out there after hearing that. I also believe that they're out there. And I I can understand why this guy doesn't want to tell anyone exactly where the location is, because then you'll get all these fucking fannies, like that guy that macheted that spider, trying to hunt down the Bigfoot, you know? Saying they had no
1: choice, to use this quote, I had no choice but to get in my car, drive 12 hours to where they said Bigfoot was, and kill it with a machete.
0: But there are sceptics. Not everyone's convinced of the veracity of the Sierra sound recordings or the possibility of a non-human primate developing language. And there have been many sceptics who say that there's nothing on the tape that could not have been done by a human dedicated hoaxer. This would mean that either Moorhead was being unwittingly hoaxed although why anyone would be out in the middle of nowhere, Doing such a thing yeah. remains unknown, yeah. And I'd say the prospect of someone out there producing these noises is perhaps even scarier than the notion of giant hairy ape men or that he was actually in on it. Something both he and journalists very adamantly deny. One very straightforward criticism of the recording was made by Karen, of course Karen, <laughs> also of scientific American who wants to speak to your manager, who does not mince words when she says, the vocalisations are an amateur impression of how a proto-language might sound If it evolved from non-human primates, this Bigfoot is likely human and the Sierra sounds a combination of hoax and misidentification like all other evidence for Bigfoot. Similar to the claims of the so far mythical Orang Pendek, Bigfoot would probably communicate using vocalisations. However, non-human primates don't have the physiology to produce a wide variety of speech sounds, so it's unlikely that Bigfoot would have developed language. How the fuck would you know that? Or we be able to, to speak.
1: speak?
0: <laughs> I know. Existing human. The Bigfoot is likely human and the Sierra sounds, a combination of hoax and misidentification. Like all the other evidence for Bigfoot, there is no solid physical evidence to support the existence of Bigfoot. Before we establish the existence of Bigfoot language, we would need to establish the existence of Bigfoot. But they argue that because these sounds are real, then that must establish that Bigfoot exists. Several way around. Would you like to I hear mean- more?
1: I get the the <laughs> tail end of what she's saying. Like I do get that it might not be Sasquatch she's making that sound. It might be something else that we don't know about. But the rest, I don't. The, the rest of her arguments, pish. Yeah, I agree. Like, Shut up.
0: Well, let's hear some more of these sounds because I found the second part of the Sierra sounds much more interesting. This one says rapid fire sequence sounds. <laughs>
1: えっ。<笑>
0: description says anguish sequence sounds this is what they picked up next one is rhythmic sequence sounds
1: i imagine this is going to be an 80s dance mix <laughs> is that an 80s dance
0: mix very much so quite short this is whistle interaction sequence this might be the last bit sand <laughs> i like how he's just like oh don't be like that because <laughs> <laughs> it says every time they tried every time they left their tent they might like, stop and the <clears throat> whatever they were would scatter and disappear so they had to remain hidden for the for them to be able to record the sounds
1: i agree having listened to all of them with the guy from earlier that like clearly whatever's making the sounds has far too big a lung capacity to be human like it's too
0: yeah like the first part of the the second clip that I played, I can't imagine anyone m- being able to recreate those sounds. No. In the 70s, I'm talking about the 70s, so like now maybe you could come up with some technology to do it, but not in the 70s, 1971 no. or 74 or whatever, whenever it was. I mean, I know you can get like some black metal artists that can screech and scream and things, but that sounded really not weird to
1: me. With the same amount of like bass and reverb behind it, like you can't do that with your mouth
0: yeah so i just thought that was really interesting
1: and you can't do that with your mouth it doesn't mean it has to be a creature that's intelligent as a human because obviously again like large apes with huge lung capacity can make sounds like that but Mm. but like that would still be a sasquatch effectively like it doesn't have to be
0: that really captured my imagination and i would love to be able to visit there but unfortunately he just described the location as a deer hunter's camp, eight miles from the nearest road over perilous terrain and rough wilderness. That is an altitude of over 8,000 feet and somewhere between Lake Tahoe and Yosemite National Park. In other words, it could be anywhere.
1: Yeah, that's not really a very um, Although, yeah. again, I do get what you were saying earlier. I like, uh, appreciate that there's obviously a reason why he didn't want to pinpoint his location, which.
0: Or he just wants to uh, all the. He just wants to be the only one who can record the sounds, which, again, I understand. Right, I've got just as a wee wee side um, piece here. I thought, well, are there any other sounds that people have heard that could be cryptids or something weird that they don't know what it is? And I came across this obscure story on this website called Phantoms and Monsters, Pulse of the Paranormal. And the headline, Mm -hmm. it was... Excuse me, it was published Monday, June 7th, 2021, so it's fairly recent. And it's called the mysterious loud pipe organ sounds heard on an Ontario lake. And it goes lastly, a group of family and friends are in separate boats on a lake in the west central wilderness of Ontario, Canada. When Canada, when all of them hear what sounds like pipe organ notes. Enaminating from all directions now when they say pipe organ notes what does that sound like is it like like a bagpipe yeah is it like the pipe organs in kelvin grove museum
1: yeah i think that's what i would guess that's from my head
0: so they said i live in northern indiana and i have a true story i would like to share with you we have a cabin about 300 miles north northwest of Thunder Bay in West Central Wilderness of Ontario, Canada. We drive until the road stops, then take a float plane to our cabin. So it's pretty fucking remote. Those are my words. My dad built our cabin in 1968 and we go up three times a year. The end of May, mid-July and early September. One fall trip, which is all to you and I, 20 or so years ago now. We wanted to portage. I really don't know what that means. What's portage mean? To a different no, I, lake and go. or portage? Maybe <laughs> that just maybe that just means like a boat, like your port is there. In the spring and fall, um, if the weather was cool, we would go after some lake trout. If I had to take a guess, I have been on that lake thirty to forty times now. We are the only cabin on our lake and there are no cabins on this lake. I found that weird sentence, but okay. We have three small boats. We just leave on that lake because we go there so often. We have six men and three boats that day. We all kind of went our own way and started fishing. It was maybe four hours later, around 2 or 3 p.m. All three boats meet back up in the middle of the lake and we all killed our engines and started to eat our lunch. It was a beautiful sunny day with no clouds and the lake went completely flat, no wind at all, so it was quiet as fuck. Okay, now this is the part where you're going to think I'm nuts. So here I go. The first sound came from our north, the way back to our lake. The best way I can describe it was someone holding a note on a freaking pipe organ. The notes were perfect, not flat or anything like that. The notes would last maybe five to eight seconds. That's a long time to hold a perfect note. When the one would die out, another would start from a different shore at a higher or lower note, but all just perfect and sounded like a pipe organ. All the sounds were just single notes. We never heard two different notes at the same time. This lasted for maybe 15 or 20 minutes. We were all, we all six were hearing the 20 plus pipe organs play single notes around a lake with no cabins in the Canadian wilderness. The notes were loud and with no wind. The land was no more than the 400 yards away in any direction. The notes would echo around a bit. <clears throat> my brother did not want to make the portage, so he stayed in our lake cabin with one of our, my uncles. Later, back in our cabin, we all were telling my uncle and brother what we heard. They both said they could also hear the notes from our direction. We never saw a thing, and I don't know what we heard. We didn't see anything on the ground, nothing in the trees or water. And we were all looking. About the only thing I do know is there are, there are no pipe organs around that lake. Well,
1: maybe there are <laughs> now. <laughs> Unlike most lakes that have seven to 20 pipe yeah. organs by them.
0: Over the years, we have been back many times and nothing. Over the years, we have asked local biologists. They look at me like we're nuts. I even have asked a First Nation friend from that area. At least he gave me a kind of answer. Are you ready? I sure was. He said... Some things in nature are best left unknown. That is your answer? I was so ready to find out and that's what I got. I'm the last one of the eight people still alive who heard the pipe organ notes around that lake in the Canadian wilderness and I'm just looking for an answer. Guys, you really pissed off at that Native American oh, guy. Because yeah. <laughs> we all know that they know every answer to everything in the fucking universe. <clears throat> oh man, we're going to have to stop the podcast because I'm struggling to speak. But what do you think of that wee story?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't <laughs> not believe the guy. I just can't think what it could possibly be. I like that he asked biologists because that wouldn't be my thought of where to go. Like, it doesn't seem yeah. like it would be... Like, the way he describes it, it doesn't seem like a natural sound, so...
0: Like, he ser- He says it sounds like a pipe organ. What sort of creature would make that sound? I just don't yeah, care. It
1: need to be it's some sort of musical instrument or yeah. something mechanical.
0: Or is it like a... I don't know what kind of creatures, like, wait, do you get whales in lake? No, you get a whale in a lake. Like, the Loch Ness Monster swallowed a fucking organ, like, piano or something, or a harpsichord.
1: But even, like, whales and dolphins, the noise isn't, like, an organ noise, so that's just such a... Yeah,
0: it's weird.
1: ...mechanical noise that...
0: Was it aliens?
1: That aliens is just where my head went there as well.
0: Well, I mean... Also, did you hear about? I mean, I'm assuming you've heard all these stories about how the in Alaska all these objects are being like blown out of the sky beside that Chinese violin.
1: Yes. What do you think and of the that government then? Government have said it's just um, normal air debris.
0: Why would they be shooting them out of the sky then?
1: <laughs> One why would be shooting them out the sky, and two, what, what, what the fuck's normal air debris?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's gravity; it would fall. To the ground, it would just float. People were saying, like, well, what? I mean, as if, like, if aliens had the technology to go interstellar travel only to be shot down by fucking Americans as soon as they got here, I doubt that they would get caught. No. That but then we could just weird. be innocent tourists, you know? <laughs> Poor bastards. David said to me, what if we are the most evil species in the in the whole galaxy? Do you know what I mean? Like, the rest of the aliens fight are really peaceful and nice, so they've, they come here thinking, Oh, everyone must be like that but we're fucking evil so we'll just shoot you
1: <laughs> maybe that's why most of them don't come here yeah and again to refer back to one of our early episodes that one time that they did come here it was just to scan us because they think we're ourselves yeah we're pro- what if
0: we are the baddies of the universe we're the dicks we're the ones i mean that it's not unthinkable here. we are pretty shit yeah i believe that well like yeah definitely and and they probably look at our movies and go, Oh fuck, they think they're they, they think we're the aggressive ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Okay, well let's wrap this up. So what we're we gonna um talk about next week. Hopefully I can speak there.
1: What numbers have we got? We're up to twenty-five.
0: I'm gonna go for number ten.
1: Number ten is the Satanic verses. We've not done that before, have we? No. No. But what are yeah, the yeah. satanic
0: verses? Is that the one that uh Salman Rushdie wrote but that I didn't think that was anything to do with mythology
1: well no but the book so the reason that people had an issue with Salman Rushdie writing the satanic verses is because of the mythology surrounding the actual satanic verses
0: well I don't really know much about this so this will be an interesting research indeed Okay. okay all right well thank you very much for putting up with me um listeners sorry about the whole I'm not being able to speak very well.
1: I you did Um, very well, considering that you have... Okay.
0: I was struggling a bit towards the end there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, thanks very much for listening. And um, please give us a like and a subscribe and a little review on wherever you listen to our podcast. That would be really nice. Just to know that you're out there. What was that noise?
1: Uh, It was me clicking my pen.
0: Oh, okay. Stop that. (laughs) Pauline. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, thanks very much. And um, yeah, if you've got any recordings of Big Spiders or Pipe Organs or Sasquatch, <laughs> let us know.
1: Or a Sasquatch and a um, Big Spider playing a pipe organ together in a band.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. In a pipe organ band. <laughs> we should find a bunch of cryptics and form, of, call, form a band and just call it the cryptids
1: i think right. that's a funny
0: idea well thank oh and also may i just say this is how nuts our government is now so there's no tomatoes anywhere I came back from greece and i wanted a salad no fucking tomatoes anywhere at all like total, like just nothing like what's going on and um theresa coffee who's like some sort of minister for agriculture i think she's a bitch do you know what she suggested we do instead eat turnips <laughs>
1: Because turnips and tomatoes are basically the same
0: thing. Yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah, no, no, it's not like you can just bite into a turnip, like you can it's fucking tomatoes. It's not
1: like one of them's a fruit and one of them's a tuber. <laughs> so the you same. have
0: to like, boil for ages just to eat.
1: Oh, lunacy.
0: But it's nothing to do with Brexit, of course. No, no, no. It's the weather. No, but Brexit. funny how every other country have got tomatoes apart from us. Anyway, if anyone could um, find us some tomatoes on the black market, that would be great. <laughs> Bye. Bye.